Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Let us pray. Father, I praise you. Thank you so much. Uh, Father, thank you for Mikey P. God, I just, I love that man and the heart that he has and the rest of that outreach team. He has done a phenomenal job leading. And uh, Father, I just love what they're doing in the community. And um, Father, um, I praise you for putting that man in my life when you did and for the connection that we have, the brotherhood that we have. And Father, I thank you for the people of this church. It's the same way. Uh, there's so many people that are walking through here that have become family with each other. Um, Father, I just ask that you continue to grow that relationship in this church. Because, Father, that's what's most important. Uh, we're all your children, so this needs to be one big family. Uh, so, Father, again, I just ask that you continue to surround us with those types of people, tender-hearted people, people that allow forgiveness. Um, Father, today you've given me this message, and um, it has been one that... Um, I, I'm, I'm struggling with a little bit. Um, but Father, I have no doubt that you'll give me the words right now. Uh, I know that. I trust in you. Um, I do ask that, Father, you allow... I allow it to be your words. Father, I, I, don't, I don't want my words to come up today. Um, I need you to stomp out my pride. So, Father, in this moment, I'm asking you to anoint me from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. Father, take all my doubt, lack of courage, unforgiveness. Father, I ask that you take all that away from me and you replace it with your love because that's what forgiveness is. I ask these things in your name, Father. Help us to love, laugh, and forgive. Amen. All right. When I was a kid uh, growing up in Cass County, Texas, amen, um, my, my dad, we lived in Linden, and, and this house that we lived in, there was a creek. If you go out the back door, there was a creek about 80 to 100 yards behind our house. We, we lived up on a hill, creeks down the hill. And, uh, of course, I was just a baby when we moved in, but, but my dad would always talk about all the snakes he had to kill. He said, you know, it's like World War II or World War III over at the house. Just every other day he's shooting a water moccasin or, you know, something of that nature just constantly. But he noticed that the neighbor never fired off a shot. So he went over and asked the neighbor. He said, how are you not having problems with snakes like I'm having problems with snakes? And he said, we'll get you two cats. And you never have to worry about snakes. Well, my father made the mistake of getting a male cat and a female cat. <laughs> So the next thing you know, we had, you know, 25 cats by the time I was five, six years old. One of those cats' names was Patches, okay? Patches, that was, that was the only cat, really, that would allow us to play with her or pet her. The rest of them were wild. They were psycho, right? But, but Patches would let us play with her. Well, when I was five or six years old, as a kid growing up, my, my dad liked to fry fish or fry deer steak. Who in here likes fish and deer steak? Who's got a fish fryer at the house? That's what I'm talking about. Cool. So dad, dad would always cook this. And of course, you know, he'd leave the grease sitting out overnight. Uh, well, one night he cooked. And, and then the next day, um, I, I, as, as a, you know, good kid that I was, I decided I was going to get patches and give her a bath. <laughs> I put her in that grease. Cat was soaked head to toe in grease. My mom was not happy. My mom was not happy. No, Patches wasn't happy either. But my fear was my father coming home. And when my dad showed up, I, I can remember this even at age five or six. Mom was not happy. And, and, and dad pulled me aside and he said, son, I forgive you. I was expecting a major beating because by that time in my life, mom and dad used to beat the mess out of us, okay? So that's just what we used to. But my father forgave me. He forgave me. 
He also laughed about it afterwards, by the way. But guys, that is forgiveness. And that's what we're supposed to do. The lack of forgiveness is a major problem in the world we live in today. Instead of giving true, heartfelt forgiveness towards others, we as people continue to play the blame game and hold grudges against others instead. This is done at the political level, the business level, in our educational system, in our churches, and worst of all, in our very own homes. Today we'll discuss forgiveness in detail biblically. So what is true forgiveness? True forgiveness, I like that title by the way, isn't it cool? That's me trying to make Amanda happy right there. That's what that is. The definition of forgiveness, a full pardon, a fresh start, a new beginning, the debt, I mean the canceling of a debt, a lifting of a heavy burden. Forgiveness is the key that unlocks the handcuffs of resentment and hatred. The problem is some of you that are sitting here today have those handcuffs on right now. Hopefully by the end of today's message, you'll have those keys. You can unlock it. I want everybody that's here, we're going to do I need you to cooperate again. Grab a pen and paper in front of you. For those of y'all sitting on the front row, look behind you. Grab a pen and paper from, those, uh, from the seats. I want you to write something down. I'll give you a few seconds. What I want y'all to write on that paper, I want you to think right now, of that one person, it might have been years ago, it might have been yesterday, I need you to write down the person's name that you are really struggling with to give forgiveness to. Really struggling with. Even, even if you did forgive them, but it was really hard, because some of y'all know are really good Christians and you forgive everybody. But here's the thing. There is somebody that it was really hard to forgive. I want you to write that name down. And do me a favor. If it's the one sitting next to you, you might want to hide just a little bit. I don't need any fights in here. I don't need security having to come in here and break y'all up. Y'all hang on to that paper, okay? We're going to come back to that. In order to truly forgive someone, you must not continue to bring up the past mistake they made and hold it over their head. That is by far not forgiveness. That's obviously holding a grudge against someone. Isaiah 43:25. if we could go to that. It is I who sweep away your transgressions for my own sake and remember your sins no more. Okay, so this is God speaking through Isaiah. He's telling you, and remember your sins no more. The word remember, if you look that up in, in the Hebrew translation, uh, one of those translations means it will never be brought up again. You remember it, but you'll never bring it up again. That's what our Father does. Let's go look at what Peter said to the people on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 3, verse 19. Repent, therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out. I want you to pay attention to blotted blotted out. Now, I'm, going to describe, I'm going to tell you what he was doing. If you're writing with a pencil and you write your sins down and you erase it with a number two pencil eraser, there's a good chance you're still going to see the shadow of what you wrote, correct? What Peter's telling us is, is you get pen and you mark all over that sucker to where you can't see it anymore. That's what we have to do when somebody's looking for forgiveness from us. We take that sin and we blot it out. Don't leave a shadow of it in your mind. You have to completely rid it of your mind. Now, in saying that, I've said this before from up here, you must forgive everyone. That is biblical. We're fixing to get into that. You must forgive everyone, no matter of what they've done to you. But that doesn't mean you've got to trust them. 
I need you to grasp this. Doesn't mean you have to trust them. If somebody breaks in your house and steals half the stuff in there, you're going to forgive them, but are you going to give them the keys to your house? Forgive them, but again, doesn't mean you got to trust them. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that we have to forget. And did you grab this? Doesn't mean you forget. We learn lessons from things that happen to us. But here's what it is telling us, is don't take what somebody's done to you and hang on to it and let unforgiveness show up with that, where it drives you crazy and you can't quit thinking about it. You see what I'm saying? You got to get past it, but learn from the lesson. Turn the bad into good. It's what we do. If you allow God to show up, that's what will happen. No matter how bad you've been hurt or what somebody's done to you, I promise you, you can take that. And if you allow God to do it, he'll get you something good out of it. So like this situation, you don't forgive them, but I mean, you forgive them, but you don't trust them. That's called discernment. That's God teaching you. This is an individual that, yes, you love them, you forgive them, you pray for them, but you might want to do that at a distance. Y'all follow me there? I don't want any confusion. Okay, cool. I got like three people that understood that. I'm glad. But again, you have to forgive everyone. Again, Jesus teaches us this in the Lord's Prayer itself. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as earth is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. You see, Peter went to Jesus and he said to him and the disciples, he said, teach us how to pray. And this is how he taught them how to pray. We should always forgive those that trespass against us. Jesus also teaches us we have to be persistent in forgiveness. I want to go look at uh, what Jesus said to Peter about forgiveness in Matthew chapter 18. This is verses 21 and 22. Then Peter came to him and asked, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times. Don't, don't go to the next one yet. I want to talk about this. Seven times. Okay. Who in here knows what seven is biblically? Thank you. Completion, perfection. That's what that is. So when, when Peter's saying this to Jesus, see Hebrew, why seven? That's what that number meant. So, and here's the thing. In the Mosaic law, you were only supposed to forgive him three times. But see, Jesus, Peter was trying to be religious. He said seven times. That's even double. That's more than double what we're supposed to do in the old Mosaic law. Seven times, but then look what Jesus says. No, not seven times, but 70 times seven. 490 times. Now here's what I need you to get from this. This is how important forgiveness is to Jesus. This is the only time ever in the Bible that you will see the number seven and it is not used as perfect or completion. It's the only time. Everywhere else is perfect. Everywhere else is completion. But not when it comes to forgiveness. Forgiveness is more important than being perfect. In order to forgive, you need to understand true forgiveness. And I want y'all to notice I said true forgiveness. God knows the difference of fake forgiveness and true forgiveness. We may not. You may fool others. You may say you forgive them, and on the outside, you look all bright and happy, but the thing is, is God knows your heart. That's where it counts. It doesn't count on that outward appearance. Listen, I can put a poker face on all day long and tell you that, you know, I forgive you. But to change my heart, that's, that's something I have to do, and that's hard to do. When I was a kid, I went to RA camp. Who in here knows what RAs is? That's a bunch of old Baptist people right there. That's what I'm talking about. RA camp was royal ambassadors. And you would go to RA camp. It was all boys, by the way. It was kind of boring. Like, where's, you know, but it's all boys. So we'd go to RA camp, and, and there was this kid at, at RA camp. And I ain't going to say his name. I ain't going to do that to him. No, I ain't going to do that to him. But, but, he, one time, you know, you've seen this in like the movies where you open a door and, and a bucket of water falls on your head? Yeah, that happened to me, okay? Now, now I was just a little squirt at that time. You know, I wasn't a grown man, you know, like I am now. And it hurt my feelings, and it made me cry. 
And I remember the counselor coming to me and he got us together and he was saying, you know, listen, you, you got to forgive him. And he said, you apologize. And he apologized. He said, now, Micah, you, do you forgive him? And I said, yeah, I forgive him. But here's the thing. Again, I can do a poker face even back then. The whole time he was talking, all I'm thinking about, what am I fixing to do to this dude? Like, what's going to happen to him tonight when he goes to sleep? Okay. Here's the thing. I, I may or may not have put laxative in his milk in the cereal the next morning. But that's not how you do it, guys. That's not true forgiveness. Don't do that to people. Like, come on. Our first thought should be, literally, is my heart has to change here. Because when somebody's asking you for forgiveness, if that's going on in your heart, honestly, you shouldn't forgive them yet. You need to tell them, I'm struggling with this right now. I need some time. Let me go pray on this. Give me some time. I'll come back. I'll forgive you. But right now is not the right time. Don't give a half-hearted forgiveness. Don't do that. Jesus would never do that to us. Can you imagine that? If he got like halfway there on the cross and he's like, ah, I'm done. I'm not, I'm not going to keep going. Just throws the cross down and walks away. Don't give a half-hearted forgiveness to people. In order to forgive, again, understanding forgiveness, this true forgiveness, guys, this is something that you have to constantly study on, okay, and, and get your mindset right. Because, again, it's hard. It's very hard. I'm preaching at me today as well as the rest of y'all. Forgiveness is something that I really do struggle with, but the way that you get better at it, you know, they always say you get better with practice. Okay, well, that doesn't mean go let a bunch of people just run you all over, but here's what that means is, is even the small things that bother you, do your best to completely block that out. Don't let it linger, the small things. And then that way when something big comes up that you've got to give that forgiveness for, it's a lot easier to do. Another thing you need to know about when it comes to forgiving someone that hurts you. You never know, you never know what that person may be going through at that time. Most of the time when people lash out, it's not even at you. They're dealing with something else in their life. A while back, it's been a while, um, I, I had an individual from another church uh, that did not like the way that I preached and that our church did how we do church. Did not like it. Came to my office one day, we sat down, we visited for a long time. And there was a lot of disagreement. Honestly, I've never had a conversation like that in my life because here's the thing with Christian Warriors Ministry, since day one, I've always been able to agree to disagree with every denomination. That doesn't bother me at all. I just want to know what your number one goal is. Do you want to go build the kingdom like I want to go build the kingdom? Let's go do it together. It's all the same goal. We might get there a little different. But that's always been how God's put it on my heart to work with other churches and other denominations. But this gentleman could not get past some of our beliefs versus his beliefs. Through this process, um, we had another person who was a friend of both of ours and uh, probably a month goes by and I run into that guy and we get to talking and uh, I'm kind of telling him about the situation and he said well Mike I'll visit with him let me let me see what's going on and I was like no don't do that I mean I'm a big boy I can handle it myself there's no big deal he's like no he was like man I want to be the peacemaker here always allow people to try and be the peacemaker by the way allow that if you're not, you're blocking a blessing if you don't allow that, okay? So anyway, he says he's going to do that. Literally the next day, the gentleman that I got in the argument with comes back. And he walks in the door, and he walks straight back to my office. And he walks in my office, and he looks me right in the eye, and he says, I am so sorry. I owe you a major apology. In that moment, I had to make a decision. I need y'all to understand from our first meeting, this man said things about me in this church that I wanted to literally have the old self of me come out. I handled it pretty good through this meeting the first time, but when I saw him walk back through the door the second time, all I'm thinking about is, you know, putting laxative in his milk and, you know, cereal. But 
I had to make a decision, guys, in a split moment. Do I forgive this man or do I not? As mad as I was, and I'm going to tell you, I was mad. God immediately put on my heart, you have to forgive this guy. And I remember I'm, I'm praying while this man's talking. In my head, I'm talking to God, right? And I'm like, God, I can't do it. I can't do it. He's like, you got to. I can't do it. You got to. I did. I was obedient. I forgave him. Hugged his neck. And he walked out. Almost a year goes by. I run into our friend, you know, our acquaintance that we had together. And he said, man, you remember when this situation came up? I said, yeah. He said, I want to talk to you about that. He said the day before he walked in your office, he found out that his wife was having an affair. He said a month later, when he came back into your office, he'd been talking about suicide. If I don't forgive that man, if I'm rude and if I'm angry with this man, he never sees the love of God that I showed him that day in that office. He had not had much forgiveness as it was. That's why we have to forgive, guys. We have to do that. Uh, I need to show you guys a very important verse when it comes to forgiveness that all Christians, you have to know this verse. Mark this, Matthew 16, or excuse me, Matthew 6, 15. But if you refuse to forgive others, your father will not forgive your sins. Not only is that biblical, that's Jesus speaking. That's, that's double important, right? You better take this verse serious, guys. That sheet of paper that I had you write that person's name on, I'd like for you to pull that back out. And I just want you to write Matthew 6.15 right under their name. I want you to take that sheet of paper, not the whole verse, by the way. You can do that if you want to, but I was just saying just Matthew 6.15. I want you to take that sheet of paper and I want you to put it on your mirror, your bathroom, in your car, in your Bible. Wherever it is that you'll see that more than once a week, okay? And hopefully you get in your Bible more than once a week. That needs to be a reminder to you guys. Whatever that person did to you, if you don't forgive them, your father's not going to forgive you. That's a tough verse. That's tough. That's how you know if Jesus is in your heart, by the way. If you can forgive somebody when they've hurt you that bad, you never have to question your salvation. Do you all understand that? You know Jesus Christ is in your heart if you can truly forgive somebody that's hurt you in such a painful way. And by the way, if you're questioning your salvation, I'm going on a whole different step here. Get with us immediately. That's not something to wait on. Now I want to discuss how Jesus forgives us. I want to look at 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us of all, all unrighteousness. All of it. Now this is how Jesus forgives us. All unrighteousness. You know, you can forgive somebody, you know, for... Now, let me mark my spotter. I'm going to forget all this. You can forgive somebody that, that's on Richmond Road and accidentally bumps into the back of your car two weeks ago. <laughs> you can forgive that person, right? You can forgive that person that, you know, maybe gossips about you a little bit. You can forgive that person. But can you forgive that person that attempts to tear up your family? Can you forgive that person that steals from your business and puts you into bankruptcy? 
Can you forgive that person that maybe murders a loved one? And we're supposed to forgive like Jesus. All unrighteousness. That's hard. That's so hard. I'm not going to sit up here and lie to y'all and act like I'm some perfect pastor by any means. First of all, y'all know I'm not. It's obvious. <laughs> but the thing is, guys, I struggle with this big time. Pride is probably my number one weakness. And it comes to stuff like this. When I think I'm right and I know they're wrong, it's hard to forgive that person. Now, I will say this. If they come and ask me for forgiveness, I'll forgive them. But we're even supposed to forgive those people that don't ask for it. That's hard. That's tough. No matter how dirty you are, no matter how many times you've had to come back to Jesus, if you allow him your heart, he will cleanse you and forgive you. How many people in here watch The Chosen? Show of hands. It's a good show, right? Love that show. There is a clip I'm fixing to show you guys from The Chosen. It's in season two. I'm going to lead up to that point. Um, all the disciples and, and, and Mother Mary and Mother and then Mary Magdalene and all them, they're at the camp uh, that, that they're living at at that time. Jesus is not there. He is gone. I can't remember what he was doing, but he, he was coming back. And a man that was possessed by a demon shows up. Those of y'all that watch the show know where I'm going with this. This guy shows up and he's attacking, um, I believe it was Philip, and, and, and then He's, he's talking to Mary Magdalene, the demon is, because the demon recognized her. And he starts talking about her past to her. Well, Jesus shows up and immediately casts the demon out, but it shook Mary up pretty bad. And when no one was looking, she left. She went back into town. Jesus finds out that she's not there. He sends Peter and Matthew, which was really funny, by the way, you got to watch Chosen, because them two, they're complete opposites, they didn't get along at all. But anyway, so he sends them, and this is why he did it, it's really cool. He sends them to go find her. Well, Mary had gone into town that night and went back to her old ways. Okay, now I need you to know, Mary, biblically, is someone that was possessed by a demon, she was a prostitute, a pretty dirty person, okay? And Jesus cleansed her from all of that unrighteousness, Okay? But she goes back to her old ways. She goes to the bar. She's hanging out gambling. She's winning a bunch of money. She's getting drunk. Almost gets in a fight with some men. She ends up leaving. And then the next morning, Peter and Matthew, as they're looking for her, they finally find her, and she's in the middle of an alleyway. And she's over throwing up because she's hungover. Matthew walks up to her and says, hey, you got to come back. She said, I can't go back. She said, I can't face him. She said, he's already fixed me once. Why would I go back and ask him to fix me again? It's not fair. I'm not going to do that to him. They finally talk Mary into coming back to camp. And when they get back, bad news had surrounded the camp. John the Baptist had been, uh, they, they captured John the Baptist. They took him to jail. Jesus knew at that point that John the Baptist was going to die. And he's on his knees in his tent praying when this is going on. I need y'all to catch that part because of what he says. But when Mary Magdalene shows back up, Mother Mary's there, and she takes her to Jesus' tent. That's where the scene's fixing to happen. Yeah. It doesn't matter how many times you mess up. <laughs> you go back to him. And just like that, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I always get choked up when I watch that scene. Because that's me. I screw up, I go back, I screw up, I go back. And every time I do, I can't look at him. I can't look at him. I want you to think about this. Nick, if you go to Luke chapter 23, verse 34. 
This is Jesus nailed to the cross as he spoke these words. Father, forgive them for they do not know what they do. Now, growing up as a child, I always thought that he was talking to God about the Roman soldiers and the Pharisees that put him on that cross. That's not who he's talking to. He's asking God to forgive us. I need you to understand, we're the ones that have the hammer in our hands. We're the ones. He died for us. And here's the thing, and this is, this is the part that kills me, is every time that we continue to mess up, we go back to him and it's like we have the hammer in our hand, right? And we're nailing him and, and he forgives us and we drop the hammer for a while. A few days later, we go back and we pick it back up. We're nailing him again. And what's sad is, is he continues over and over to love us and forgive us. So two things from today's message. Number one, that's how we need to forgive. We need to forgive the same way. And then number two, it doesn't matter who you are, where you came from, how bad you've messed up, go back to him. He'll do that every time. As long as you give him your heart. You heard him say that. That's all he asked for. He doesn't ask for much. We just want your heart. If you give him your heart, you can go back to him every time. I challenge you today, guys, to reach out to that person that's on that paper. Whether it's their fault, your fault, I don't care. I highly recommend that you reach out to them. And here's the thing. This is what I want you to do. When you reach out to them, tell them two things, three things. I love you, I'm sorry, and I forgive you. That's it. Shoot them a text. I love you, I'm sorry, and I forgive you. Watch God show up. I think you'll be shocked. And I know some of you are saying, not this person. There's no way. They're not a believer, Micah. There's no way. Okay, here's the thing. They may give you some pretty bad stuff coming back on that text message or phone call or whatever. But here's what God's going to do for you. Forgiveness is not for them. It's for you. He'll lift that burden of non-forgiveness off of your shoulders to where you can start walking tall again. One more story and I'll shut this down. A lot of y'all know this story, but my, my father, um, my father and I were very close growing up and close to the end of his life, uh, we had a major, major falling out. Um, it almost came to blows. I walked away from my father that day and I didn't speak to him for a year. And the next time I saw him, it was the only because I had somebody call me and say, you know, something's wrong with your dad. We think he might have dementia or... He's going insane or something of that nature. He ended up having dementia. And the next time I saw my father was at a hotel in Atlanta. And when I opened the door of that room, my father didn't look like my father. That's all I'm going to say. I'm not going to go into detail. But in that moment, God said, forgive him. You got to forgive him, Micah. And I did. And my dad came and lived with me for a little while. And we got to, we got to visit. We forgave each other. Here's the story, guys. This is what I'm trying to get at. If I'd have waited longer, his dementia would have gotten worse. And I don't know that he ever would have remembered that conversation. But because I finally swallowed my pride, and I need y'all to know something, it wasn't my fault. <laughs> it really wasn't, I promise. Hannah was there, she knows, it really wasn't my fault. But the thing is, even though it wasn't my fault, it was my job to forgive. Don't wait to ask somebody for forgiveness, or don't wait to forgive somebody, and don't let it be too late. I mean that. Amen. All right.
Then Jesus said to the disciples, Have faith in God. I tell you the truth. You can say to this mountain, May you be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and it will happen. But you must really believe it. You must really believe that it will happen, and, that, and, no one, and you can have no doubt in your heart. I tell you, you can pray for anything. And if you believe that you've received it, it will be yours. But when you are praying, first forgive anyone who you are holding a grudge against so that your Father in heaven will forgive your sins too. Let us pray. Father, I have really struggled um, this morning putting the words together that I know that you want me to give. Um, Father, I do know that you've done that to me before. And that's just telling me that I've got to trust in you right now as I stand up here in front of your congregation. So, Father, I, I humble myself before you. I don't mind saying that I struggled with this, that I struggled putting a sermon together. I don't mind saying that I struggle with teaching from time to time. I humble myself before you because you tell us that if we do, you will exalt us. So, Father, I always stand firm on your promises. So in this moment, Father, I need you to anoint me from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. Father, that you take all pride, selfishness, jealousy, doubt, anger. Father, take those things away from me and replace it with you, Father. Your love, your boldness, your confidence. Father, your words. I ask that none of this today at all have anything to do with Micah, Father. This is all you. Again, Father, take my pride away. Father, I ask these things in your name. Help us to love, laugh, and forgive. Amen. All right. Last week, again, we discussed forgiveness. And we discussed how you must forgive everyone. This is what Jesus said in uh, Matthew chapter 6, verse 16. If we could go to that, I'm going to bring that back up. This is a tough verse to read for, for anybody when you struggle with forgiveness. But this is Jesus himself. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. Again, we taught on this last week. The majority of us were here. Some of us weren't. So I've, I've got to do a little overview we discussed how, again, without forgiveness of others, the Father will not forgive you of all the mistakes that you've made, all the sins that you've committed. Last week, I asked everybody in the room to write down one person that they struggled with with forgiveness. I know for a fact that a lot of you reached out to those people this past week. I also know for a fact that some of those relationships have been restored. Let's give God a round of applause for that. Right here, again, just in Jesus' words himself, it is obvious that a child of God, if you are a child of God, we have to forgive people of their sins. You must forgive everyone, no matter what they've done to you. I think we can all agree again on that with this verse, right? That's in red. It's kind of hard to, to argue with Jesus. Amen? Yeah, don't do that. It doesn't work out real well, I promise. This past week, again, I had many people that reached out to me in person, by email, by text, and even one handwritten letter. Those people were really struggling with that sermon last week. They understood that you need to forgive everyone, but, but here was their question. How do you forgive an abusive parent? that's never said they were sorry? How do you forgive an abusive spouse? How do you forgive someone that murdered your son? And the really tough one, how do you forgive yourself? I've been in my Bible a lot this week searching for these answers. 
and I found it in Luke chapter 5. I want to go to Luke chapter 5, verse 20 through 24. We're going to read this. I'm not going to have this on the screen, but I'll read it to you guys. And if you've got your Bibles, go ahead and get there. I'm going to set the scene for you. A lot of you know this story. It was a paralyzed man. His friends were carrying him. They were trying to get to Jesus so Jesus could heal this paralyzed man. And uh, the crowd was too packed. Jesus was preaching in a home. Uh, one of his friends, he was preaching at the door of the home. And again, the crowd was so packed, they couldn't get to Jesus. No matter how much they hollered, no matter how much they tried to move people around, you can imagine when you've got shoulder-to-shoulder -shoulder people and, and you're carrying somebody, you're trying to get in there, it's nearly impossible, right? So they go to the roof, they remove some tiles, and they lower him down to Jesus' feet. Okay, that's where we're going to pick up. By the way, the Pharisees are there watching all of this, you know, these, these great, you know, teachers that think they knew everything. They knew the old law front and back, but they didn't know Jesus, right? Okay, so the Pharisees are there and they're watching. We're going to pick up there at verse 20. Seeing their faith, talking about the friend, Jesus said to the man, young man, your sins are forgiven. But the Pharisees and teachers of religious law said to themselves, said to themselves, notice they didn't say this out loud and they were talking to amongst themselves, okay? Who does he think he is? That's blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. This is the one time in the Gospels that Jesus actually agreed with the Pharisees here. I'm going to explain that. Pick it up in 22. Jesus knew what they were thinking. So he asked them, first of all, I love that. He was reading their mind, right? Isn't that cool? That's what I'm talking about. Like, he knew exactly what they were doing. This was his question. Why do you question this in your hearts? Is it easier to say your sins are forgiven or stand up and walk? So I will prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, Stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. This verse used to confuse me as a young Christian. The more and more that I've studied this story, the more and more that what I realized that Jesus was doing in this moment is he was agreeing with the Pharisees, saying, you're right. Only God can forgive people of their sins. So he goes on to say, what is harder to do? Tell someone they're forgiven of their sins or to heal someone? And Jesus is saying in this moment, only God can do both. So I'm going to do both and prove to you that I'm the son of God. And that's what he did in front of the Pharisees. What Jesus was in this moment, what y'all need to understand is Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit, right? We know the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit. He is the Holy Spirit, right? Okay. So in that moment, he's able to heal. He's able to forgive because he is God in the flesh. Do we all follow this? Because if you don't get this, you're not going to get anywhere with the rest of this sermon. Are we good? Christian head nods. Amen. I love that. I want to go to John chapter 14. We're going to read verses 16 through 17. Jesus speaking again. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads in all truth, all truth. The world cannot receive him. Because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later be in you. He lives with you now because Jesus is standing there speaking to the disciples. I'm right here. He lives with you now. But then the disciples, and I promise you, they didn't understand later I'll be in you. And he's like, what? That doesn't make any sense. Well, of course, we all know that when Jesus died on the cross, he left us the Holy Spirit. So now the Holy Spirit lives inside of us, correct? I know this sounds really elementary, but y'all just follow me here. I'm getting somewhere, I promise you. So what does the Holy Spirit provide us? The Holy Spirit provides us fruits in the book of Galatians. And what kind of fruits is that? Let's go look at Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 through 23. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, 
kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Okay. You cannot forgive anyone unless you have the Holy Spirit. How do you forgive someone? You have to have the Holy Spirit. How do you get the Holy Spirit? You build that relationship. You can't forgive someone unless you have these types of fruits. Think about it. If you don't love them, you're not going to forgive them. If you don't have joy in your heart, you're not going to forgive them. You sure ain't going to forgive them if you don't have any peace in your life. Patience? I struggle with that one. I still forgive people, though. I promise. I, just, I need more patience to do better at it, right? right. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Guys, the only way that you will ever be able to forgive someone, these people that I listed earlier, including yourself, you must have the Holy Spirit living inside of you. Again, back in Luke chapter 5, the Pharisees were correct. Only God can forgive people of their sins. Jesus said in the book of John that we would do even greater things than him when we leave this earth, or when he leaves this earth. Guys, I need you to think about this. He says, we will do even greater things than him when he leaves this earth because he's leaving us a helper, the Holy Spirit. So we will do greater things, correct? So all these people, man, I love that. I didn't have to say Christian head nods and every one of y'all were like. <laughs> think about this. All those people that have hurt you, all those people that have denied you, have brought you down, have hurt you in life, Jesus Christ, on the cross, forgave the very people that put him up there. But we can do greater things than him. So you can forgive those people. Amen? You must allow the Holy Spirit to work through you to forgive anyone. If you're not forgiving someone, catch this. Catch this, if you're struggling to forgive someone, you're quenching the Holy Spirit. You're stopping the Holy Spirit. You are stopping God from doing his work. If you don't forgive, you are stopping God from doing his work. Do y'all hear this? I know it's harsh. I know you're like, Micah, but again, these people, the things that they've done to me in my life, Listen, I feel you. But let me ask you a question. By not forgiving that person, by not forgiving that person, our job, right, our number one job, build the kingdom, right? Our job is to build God's kingdom. Well, how do we do that? Well, we do it by discipleship. We do it by loving others. We do it by setting an example. We do it by being the light for Jesus Christ. Amen? So if somebody brings you down, hurts you, hurt someone else you've got two options you can build the kingdom by showing them forgiveness which is God's love or you can just be mad at them but that's not going to do any good I know it's the easy thing to do right it's the easy thing you know somebody does something wrong to you the easiest thing in the world okay when I was a kid I remember when I was a kid I had some buddies that came over to the house one time and, and I had this favorite Nintendo game, okay? For those of you young kids, Nintendo was the bomb, okay? It was, right? right. Well, this game was Tecmo Bowl. Who in here knows what Tecmo Bowl is? Show your hands. My man, that's what I'm talking about. Okay, so Tecmo Bowl, you get Bo Jackson, you do this number right here all the way down the screen, you go score a touchdown. And you come back. So, so I loved Tecmo Bowl. That was my favorite game. After all my buddies came over one day, they left. Tecmo Bowl was missing. Yeah, I was fighting mad. I ain't going to lie to you. The, 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 the Cass County was coming out in me in that point. <laughs> By the way, we got some people from Cass County today. I love you guys. Thank you all for coming. Y'all give a shout out to Cass County. Amen, right? <laughs> so anyway, we found out who took it. I saw him at the playground. I saw him at the playground. I went up to him. I said, where's my game? He said, I didn't take your game. I said, you lying to me? I punched him in the mouth. <laughs> I didn't get my game back, and I didn't build the kingdom. Forgiveness, guys. It's what you got to do. 
I don't know where that kid is to this day. I really don't. He moved after that. I embarrassed him so bad he moved. No, I'm kidding. He, a few years later, I think his dad was in the army or something. He, he moved. But I don't know where he is to this day. But what if I was the one person in his life, even at that age, that could have shown him the love of God at an early age? Forgave him. Think about it, guys. I know people hurt you. But our ultimate goal is to build the kingdom. Don't be a man pleaser. Because here's the thing, this is what it'll be. I can't believe you forgave that person. That's what your friends will say. The world will be like, how in the world could you forgive that? You're not strong. You know, you're, you're not tough enough. You know what? That's meekness. Moses was the most meek man in the Bible. And he's also the main one that had a strong relationship with God in the Old Testament. The more you forgive, the stronger your relationship with God will build. Amen. How do you truly forgive someone? Or let me rephrase that. How do you know? I had this question asked, guys. How do you know that you've truly forgiven someone? When you can pray for them. When you can take it from your heart and truly pray for that person. Think about it. Not this prayer of, you know, God, I want them to get theirs. <laughs> truly a prayer of, God, please change their heart. Show it to them. Teach it to them. When you can pray that prayer for somebody that's hurt you so bad, now you know you've forgiven them. You can walk away and, and have peace about the situation. Amen? Grab a pen and paper, get y'all to write this down. We're going to do a victory call. And then again, after that, guys, we're going to honor our graduate seniors. All eight of them. I told you to be short. You're looking at me like, you really did that short. I did, Bojo. <laughs> Bojo said, we ain't through yet. Go ahead, Nick. Weak people cannot forgive. Forgiveness is a characteristic of a strong Christian warrior. Amen.